Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Joe with you. Sorry, Heidelberger heads. Nick is out for another week. But in his stead, we have comedian, writer, Um, actor, golfer, Portland's funniest person 2022, host of the Asheville podcast. My yeah. former television husband on Blazers oh, Outsiders, and most importantly, my dear friend, Shane Brandon. Hi, Shane. Delicious. I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm really so appreciate it. You're here. You have the soundboard hooked <laughs> in. Oh, of course. You know I'm what? Thanks for having me on. Scared. You shouldn't be scared. I'm. You know, no, I'm I feeling am. it. This. I'm going to go ahead right off the bat and just rate right at the turn. Yeah. Yeah. Your listeners are very confused right now. And that's a reminder to rate and review <laughs> the podcast wherever right. you listen. Give yeah. us five stars. We still have mm-hmm. that promo going, Shane. You're, of course, aware of it. All you have to do is, in the review, leave how many cuts you think Tiger Woods is going to make in 2023. You don't even have to be right. <laughs> Just leave it, and you have a chance to win a box, a box of Piper golf balls. Shane, oh. you love Piper golf balls? Oh, they're my favorite kinds of golf balls. I what only- color is your favorite? What color is my favorite? What I mean, color of the Piper selection would you say is your favorite? Oh, dude, at, at least fuchsia. Fuchsia. Mm. My that favorite one, one of the limited edition. Of course, you have right. the gold, the black, the blue, or the green. Oh well, no, my they made a special one for me. It's like a when when a player gets like a Jordan brand shoe just for them. Oh, a signature it's that ball. kind of that kind of deal. Yeah, I I bring a lot of color to different balls. Joe, thank you. For having me on, buddy, I'm I'm excited. Um, well, yeah, I, didn't have much of a I do feel bad that you haven't had me on for a while, but it's fine. It's we fine. needed a time because I had Matchstick President Dane Delgado on, and Never I told you what the premise was, and I was like, "Oh yeah, ninth golf course, ninth things golf courses should have." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, that's a good idea." Yeah. In the back of my mind, I'm like, "Oh man, that means Shane wants to wants to hop on." <laughs> But we saved it for the best possible moment because you were texting me. We're recording this on Wednesday. And a week ago, yeah. you texted me about Joel Damon. You texted me about Sahith the Gala. Oh, yeah. Thought, oh, my buddy Shane my faves. has watched Full Swing. Not only did I watch it, I binged it. I started at, at midnight when it dropped. I stayed up for it, waiting for it. I drank several several beverages 
and got into my feet. My yeah, I was like, man, it came out around midnight. I started watching it around midnight oh five, and I was just like, here we go. I had I had a, I had a bottle of, of something delicious with me, and then wow. around episode four, maybe around two in the morning, I was so emotional that I started putting stories on IG Live about it. That's how committed I am to it. Well, and everybody we else is like, what's wrong on? with you? I. I want to start with this because you're you're a guy who likes to binge stuff. Oh yeah, you oh, yeah. you you knocked out this whole show in an afternoon, right? I guess an overnight and then a morning afternoon. Started when it was dark, finished when it was dark. Let's just say that from midnight so, to maybe about four or five in the morning, something like that. I I want to get your opinion about this because in addition to all the things that I listed at the top of the show, yeah, you have experience working in television, so. Mm-hmm. I always think about this when Netflix drops something, especially something like this that was so highly anticipated. Mm-hmm. Dumping it all at once, I feel like even talking about it a week, maybe two weeks later, the steam is taken out of it. There's not as much excitement around it as there was even last weekend. Well, okay, so, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. What do you think about dropping like two a week, one a week, as opposed to dumping all of it. Don't you think Netflix would get more steam out of it? The whole media world would get more steam out of it from a mm. golf perspective? Mm. You see, now, when you added that little part there in the end, from a golf perspective, that changes everything. Netflix isn't thinking about uh, how to attract... Well, the show itself, right? They are trying to... I think it's trying to appeal to people who aren't deep in the weeds of golf, Right. Uh, and they basically have the same template that they used on the F1 series. Right? Did you, you watch that, that Drive to Survive? I watched a couple apps, but it, it didn't pull me in because I'm not like yeah. a a fan. But it did get me for like half the season because like, oh, there's some drama here. This is kind of cool. So as far as Netflix is concerned, I mean, they're they're all about just dumping and having people binge. So they don't really care if the golf world is going to, you know, not going to buzz about it for that long because they don't care. They're looking at the mass consumers and be like, it's like, Oh, I'm kind of interested in it. I know about tiger woods. Let me look into this and see who's the next, whatever. Uh, they knew. They, that's the I thing, mean, dude. It's like, oh, go ahead. No nerds like us. will talk about it. Well, exactly. That's where I'm getting at. It's like, who is this actually for? Because the idea is drive to survive was such a big success. It created right. new F1 fans in the United States, and they right. tried to recreate that. They had a tennis one that dropped a little bit earlier this year. Did they have that? full swing. I don't really know if non-golf people are going to be that excited about this show. Like, would you recommend this to Seth Allen, your podcast partner, who refers to golf as ball golf? Yeah, I did. I didn't even have to recommend it. He woke up the next day, saw the story. He's like, what's wrong with you, man? What's going on over there? Why are you posting sad, sappy, drunk IG stories about this golf documentary thing? And my wife walked through... Like, she got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and saw the glow from the living room. She came out. She's like, what are you watching? And she's like, are you watching a golf documentary at 3 in the morning? And it was like Finau's episode. I was like, just leave me alone, man. I was all tearing up. I was like, just go back to bed, dude. I don't mess with you. Like, you watch your stuff. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I can't really imagine someone who isn't into golf enjoying this as much as we do. And it seemed like they tried to sort of find this middle ground of like, all right, we're going to explain what a birdie is, but then we're also going to assume that there's a lot of implied knowledge about live versus PGA. So it tried to like right. do it both ways, and I wish they would have picked one layer or another. Either have it be Golf 101 or have it be hardcore for the nerds. Yeah, I think they did. 
they did waste, not waste, but they did really uh, hammer in what it is or what it means to make the cut a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I, yeah, I know this and I get it, but you're right. There was no, there was no middle ground. It's either, hey, this is an intro to golf, which I think would not have been entertaining, or maybe we play towards the people who are, you know, more um, huge fans of golf because it really just all that series was was a different player profile. It wasn't really talking about the game in 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 a, in a large scale. It was just like these are the players, these are the storylines. And you said something really interesting that I liked when we were playing the other day. Why didn't they just do everyone's storyline? Like in order, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like switch back like, from this, yeah, this person, that person, this person, that person. It would be great. Well, the analogy that I used was Ninety Day Fiance, which is <laughs> one of our top trash television programs in our household. That's like king of the hill. And the reason that show succeeds so much is they have like nine to ten couples, and they're constantly going back and forth every four to five minutes from different couples. Because if you spend too much time with one of these couples. You're just going to turn it off. It's not going to be interesting. Yeah. Tired of them. And they have these standalone shows. I'm going to reveal myself as knowing way too much about TLC now. They have these standalone <laughs> shows from these people that are on 90 Day Fiance, and they get these spinoff programs, and you try to watch one of them for 10 minutes, and you're like, can't these are the most known fucking people I've ever met in my life. I yeah. can't hang out with them anymore, whereas 90 Day bounces around. Now, you don't have that problem with the golf documentary, but- I think some chronology to it where you dip in and maybe this episode, it's 20 minutes of Joel Damon. This episode, yep. it's one minute of Mito Pereira. No, 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 I'll, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take an hour of, of, of well, Joel, you know, I'll take a whole series on Joel. I'll take a series of Joel. I want to follow that guy. Give me his spinoff show. Very entertaining. The most relatable moment. And, and we can get to Joel here in a second, yeah. but the most relatable moment of the whole, the whole thing is when Joel's trying to qualify for the U.S. Open. He has his first 18 holes, shits the bed, goes into the clubhouse with his Do caddy. white claws, baby. His buddy brings him a second white claw, and they're like, well, we're not on the course, so it's not breaking any rules. Shoots a 67, and it qualifies for the U.S. Open that wins a half million dollars. And he's just like, yeah, man, that was that was pretty weird, huh? <laughs> I was like, this I guy mean, that was. It. That that was your favorite episode of the whole series, wasn't it? The it was Damon. up there. It, it it's fighting between um, him and 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 Tony's episode were the most. I got the most feels from it. I think uh, Joel. I it was more like I want to play around with that guy, and Tony was just like I want to give that guy a hug, man. I get it. He's a good dude. And yeah. I also wanted to give uh, old Maddie a hug too because <laughs> during his episode he was like somebody yelled out. What is it, Maddie Stretch Sketchers or something like that? Yeah. Biggest shot of your life, Matt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like Jesus, man. Let the guy try to win life, a golf man. tournament. <laughs> he did have some big ass sketchers on too. And, you know, it's just like it. it was, all the episodes found a, a. What I enjoyed was it found a, a certain personality or a char- character trait, and it tried to, you know, lean into that to keep you engaged knowing they, they had to go in knowing that a huge percentage, more than half of the people that are going to view this whole series, let's assume they know nothing about any of these guys. So we need to put them in some sort of archetype, right? Right off the bat. And I think they pretty much did that for everyone. I mean, some more, some more than others. Uh, they really made DJ, uh, they needed a villain. They needed a villain. And 
I've never looked at DJ as a villain until I watched it. I was like, maybe he is a bad guy. But no, see, that was the power of the production in that series. You got right. Rory over here, who's the golden boy. You know, some would say it's like it's like you, you know, like look at Joe Simons. You know, you're Rory. Just beautiful, nice calves, can smack a golf ball. Now you just need this big towering presence. Just strong, sturdy man who's married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter. That's Shane Brendan. That's just, <laughs> just, just me, dude. <laughs> they need a villain. They need a villain. Phil Mickelson said this years ago. To be a great golfer, you either have to be really smart or really dumb. Oh, shit. And you got both ends of the spectrum on this show. You had Rory, who I think is highly I thought you were talking about this episode of this pod right now. <laughs> I thought you were talking about us. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but DJ... And we talked about this the other day on the golf course, too, about DJ. Like, even though they tried to position him as a villain, there's no yeah. way you can actually make this guy a villain because he owns his decisions so mm -hmm. much. He owns the way that he is. I don't know if you know this about DJ, but back in his younger days, pre-Paulina, he broke up two marriages in one year on the PGA Tour. Fuck yeah, dude. I love that. I love That's me more now. Yeah. I love me more. Legend. <laughs> it's just they ask him point blank, do you feel bad about taking the money? And he's like, look, if you take the average person and you tell them they can work a third as much as they do right now and make five times as yeah. more than they make right now, anyone who says no is a liar. Pretty yeah. tough to argue that. Yeah. He's like, I've taken people out of, I've taken the love out of people's relationships. You think I give a fuck about taking money? <laughs> I've broken homes. I'm, I'm trying to break a bank now, bitch. Get out of my face. What are we talking about? Now, <laughs> did you find the most relatable part about the Joel Damon episode, the two white claws, or the fact that he calls himself a piece of shit all the time on the golf course? <laughs> that part. That part. You know me. We've played together long enough to where you know. It was that, and it reminded, and right off the bat, well, even before the doc, because I, I was watching this as it happened at the Waste Management last year when he took his shirt off. I was like, I can relate to that. I was like, hey, me and Joe did that shit at Rose City. He's just like us, dude. <laughs> Wait, do your listeners He's... know that you did that? <laughs> I think it was mentioned at some point on here. Okay, I'm out here spilling tea. Do you want yeah, to tell that just... story? I mean, from what I couldn't remember. <laughs> back nine, right? I'm going to just take a shot and say it was the back nine. Right? Hole and 17. We... I remember it was hole 17. Look at you. You got a steel trap for a memory. And uh, I think Makers was involved. Definitely and I think we were, I think we were all shooting pretty close to like sixty-seven or something like that, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. You might have been the one to encourage it. I definitely I was. Just follow, I just followed you off. Like I said, I'd follow you off any any hill, buddy. And you took your shirt off, well, and you got to running, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to leave you out there hanging." So I took mine off too, and we just we raced like wild wild stallions on the Rose City Golf Course. Poor, and that poor was, Andy. <laughs> Who was the third in our group that day? <laughs> so the round was very, very early in the morning. Yeah. And we were drinking quite a bit. And Rose City, God love him out there. You can hit the bar on one. Mm -hmm. Number five is a par three. You can hit it then. Yep, Leaving yep, nine, yep. you can hit it. So on the 12th times. tee, you can kind of sneak across the street and get there again. Sure. And then by the 13th tee is where it all fell apart for us. I don't remember this, but Andy said we couldn't put our ball on the tee. And as a result... <laughs> 
four groups had to pay th- play through until we sobered up. What? I don't. I don't yeah. remember any of that. Well, no, of course, of course not. <laughs> and then by seventeen, it, it was summer, oh. and by I think it was overcast. And the reason the oh, shirts God. came off is because the sun finally came out. Sun came we were out. so excited to greet the sun yeah. with our pale chests. Yeah, and that's what Thank led yourself. to that. So, so Joel David. <laughs> Yeah, Joel. I I love the relationship that he has with Max Homo, where Max is like ascended now, mm-hmm. and Joel is th- like kind of his little buddy. And Max said that <laughs> when they had they had a little backyard barbecue party, that at the end of every night, it's basically just him getting drunk and telling Joel how good of a golfer he is. I feel like yeah. that is what I do to you a lot when we have drinks yeah. afterwards. I just tell you, Shane, you just gotta yeah. you just focus a little bit. If you quit fooling around out there, you could be as good a golfer as I am. That's what, yeah, you do that. You do that a lot to me, uh, and I, I I embrace it. I look forward to it because that's uh, that's our power dynamic. And it's not even just about golf. Like, we've been in our cups in certain situations where I talk about all kinds of things, professional and personal aspirations, and you're like, buddy, you're going to fucking nail it. You're going to kill it. And everyone's going to see how great you are. I'm like, hell yeah. After two White Claws, Joe's already on this level. Let's fucking go, dude. <laughs> but now we know after two White Claws, it's easier to qualify for the U.S. Open. Thank you, Joel Damon. There it is. I also liked in that episode, in that scene, um, where it was just the story of, you know, him and his caddy. You mm. know, that seems like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure that's, is that common? That there's a, it's not all business with a lot of caddies? No, I think I think that's pretty uncommon for the relationship to be like that, especially the way that it started with started, that yeah. long letter. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> letter, a lot of tears. I like the foresight of uh, for what I forgot this caddy's name. Do you remember his name? Gino. Um, Gino. Gino. Yeah, I like how Gino was just like you know the older guy, been playing golf longer, but then he saw something in Joel. I was just like, you know what? I know my limits. I know my limits. Let me not necessarily cash out but it's just like i want to be around this game that i love for as long as i can and i know i'm only going to go so far but if this guy's going to go farther and we're actually boys let's let's put my energy into you now and i can i can see why he would be frustrated and call him a boner while they're playing and have to smack him and tell him to stop feeling like a sad sack because gino saw in joel what Joel has yet to see in himself years and years and years ago. So I can see where that frustration comes out. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're fucking brilliant. Now stop crying. Chug this fifth of makers and let's go fucking win the masters or some shit. You know, it really is we our relationship. But I, I didn't realize until we, we got on the mic here that, that we are Joel and Gino. And I think it changes every day, which one of us is Joel and which one of us is Gino. Yeah. It's like how me and Seth on my pod argue about which one of us from The Last of Us is uh, Nick Offerman and which one is the dude he found in the hole. Now, I have to tell you, and this is going to sound like a brag, but I listened to that at the most perfect time. For folks that don't listen to the Asheville podcast, you're missing out. It's, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I think the Venn diagram of the two people that listen to these podcasts is probably a circle anyway, so we're probably okay That's there. That's true. Yeah. I was listening to that. I'm I'm running the Shamrock Run in a couple of weeks. I'm doing the 15K, so I'm I'm trying to figure out if I can run far enough to do it. Yeah. And so I was like, as the farthest point away from my house on a run, when I hear you guys start to wind up to this conversation of who's going to be Frank and who's going to be Jim, yeah. And as soon as <laughs> you chimed in, I think it was you who said Shelley said this is the most toxic masculine 
yeah. conversation possible because you both want to be Nick Offerman and That's neither true. one of you wanted to be Frank, to which I say being Frank is better than Jim because Frank has a zest for life. And I think both of you have a zest for life, which is why I replied to you. You're both Frank. You're both Frank. <laughs> And that's good. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm zestier than Seth, but, you know, I guess which solidifies my uh, decision to be Frank then. But, yeah. Like and subscribe the Asheville podcast. Yeah, you'll, um, you'll, you'll enjoy it. We talk about Joe quite a bit on there. Yeah. Like, just like this Maybe pod. Maybe more than you should, but I like it. Yeah. Just like at I always turn, get excited. Minus the golf talk. See, there's a lot of golf that comes out of my mouth, and then it's countered by my co-host, uh, who's a big Frisbee golf guy, which... Uh, you know how they are. They're. Yeah. Thank you. I thought we were going to get the, this is how a lot of white people are. Dropped. Oh, I'll got that queued up. Don't worry. This is a golf okay. podcast. I'll be using it a yeah. couple times. <laughs> I, I assumed that that was going to come from me at some point. <laughs> um, I want to go to the first episode, Jordan mm-hmm. and Justin, because we were trying to describe the series to one of our buddies. And we were, I think it's kind of universally accepted that the first episode is kind of the slowest or least interesting. But yeah. as you're watching it, I don't think you really know that until you get to the second and third episode and you think in retrospect, ah, there really wasn't much going on there with Jordan and Justin. It's like, they're buddies. So what? Yeah, yeah. Well, it comes back to that thing that I was saying where the producers, the segment producers, try to find something, something they can latch onto to show you these characters, even though they're real people. And unfortunately, Jordan and Justin are the wet, just wet toilet bowl roll like they're just they're nothing there's there's nothing there i mean they're 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 phenomenal golfers and they're good friends what else do you got it's yeah what else do you got so it's like look at these two boring guys hang out the idea that you have hundreds of hours of footage of these guys and you condense it to 45 minutes and that was the best of that one of the most interesting things that they did over the course of an entire PGA Tour season is Justin Thomas going into a CVS and purchasing allergy medication. That made the final cut. These guys are doing a lot of boring shit. Yeah. Someone put a first draft of that episode together and then gave it to an editing producer, and they were like, this is action. This is all we got. This is all we got. This is all we have. That's now, all we have. I, the bold move, I wouldn't have put it in the first episode. I would not have made that the first episode. You can't, so what you gotta, would you made the first episode? Look, this is how I when I when I produce comedy shows and I have a lineup of comedians, uh, usually the best one is going to close out. That's your closer. Boom. You want someone that's good that's going to pop catch people's attention right up top. Uh, that would not have been that one. I would have nestled them right in the middle and hid them between two really good episodes. So yeah, that definitely wouldn't have been the top one. No, not at all. I would have started with Brooks. Brooks was the second episode. I would have started that. Because Brooks is on TV commercials. I think even if you're not a hardcore golf fan, maybe you've heard of him because he won so many big tournaments recently. And the fact that he's going through this intense existential crisis, he has this beautiful fiance who also may be a little bit psychotic too. The fact that he's staring off into space when she's, she's trying to model lingerie for him on camera. And he's just like, I can't hit a fucking seven iron. And that's the only (laughs) thing going through his head. (laughs) But who hasn't been there before, you know, every week, (laughs) 
<laughs> but that that's how you grab people, right? The yeah. ultimate bro with this psychotic tan line who was yeah. the best golfer in the world for like 30 months who beat Tiger Woods in majors and now can't even make cuts. It's fascinating. Yeah. That definitely, I agree. That would have been the episode, the series opening right there for sure. For sure, for sure. I got to go back and watch people, that one. What do you, you think of people getting mad about Tony <laughs> being being too good of a dad? Oh, I think it's hilarious. I think it's fucking hilarious. There's like everybody was saying without saying the reason why you're shit, Tony, is because you're a fucking great husband and father. You piece of shit. How dare you put your oh your wife oh your wife's dad died? He's not even your dad, Tony. All right. Why don't you get out in the fucking range and stop embracing your wife and being there for your kids and maybe make a goddamn cut? That's all I heard. And then he started and then, winning. They're like, you motherfucker. Yeah, and everyone gets pissed off at him because he starts winning golf Someone tournaments. Someone called Child Protective Services because he is <laughs> abandoning his family. You piece of shit. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, dude. It's just <laughs> impossible not to root for that guy. He seems like the nicest guy in the world. Um, yeah, and that's why that's why the family thing is always going to be the one talking point because it's you need like something. You got to have something to talk about with Tony, right? I mean, I would want I'd want him to win a lot more than he does, but you know who wants him to win more than I do? Probably fucking him, dude. Yeah. Of so course. What, what what other talking heads going to say about Tony? If you take out the family equation, what what can you talk about? Him growing up in the mean streets of Salt Lake City? Yeah. Which okay. I didn't even so, know. I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know. I meant to Damn it, I meant to ask Lacey's producer about that, because Lacey's producer is from Salt Lake. And as soon as we heard the mean streets of Salt Lake, we had so many questions. I, I never so many questions. knew nope. that there were that many streets in Salt Lake and that some of them were in fact mean. <laughs> mean. I didn't know. I guess I guess that just proves that there's there's fucking hoods everywhere, but not I didn't think in Salt Lake Mormon country. Yeah. Well and I didn't, know, I didn't know he was born and raised there. And he still lives there, right? He just moved to the really nice expensive part that i assume was all of it right i loved i love the stuff with his pop too where they visit the family home and you can see all the golf ball indents yeah. on the garage yeah. door and dad just seems like the nicest guy in the world and tony loves his mom too much like the biggest problem this guy has is loving his family too much so you make an interesting point with trying to find some sort of conflict in there because otherwise you got nothing yeah i mean another what what else really stood out in that episode, uh, for me personally, was I got really upset because he said that, you know, he watched Tiger uh, in 97 when he won. And that's when he got into it because he was like, holy shit, this guy's the best and he looks like me. I, in 97, was, I'm going to date myself, was a freshman, was going into my freshman year in high school. And I remember watching that with my dad and thinking, I didn't know that we could play golf, let alone be like one of the best. And then, like, a week later, there's this dude who lived in my street. Uh, there's this huge field, and he was out there just hitting golf balls and stuff like that. And a bunch of kids, we all wandered over there. And he was like, you know, put clubs in my hand. I'm sitting there swinging, and I was just like, this is pretty good. He's like, oh, yeah, because I told him I played baseball. He's like, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. You're hitting the ball pretty hard. And I was just like, man, if I would have just kept hitting golf balls back in 97, I – would have people saying that Shane would be a lot better if he stopped kissing and hugging his wife and kids, that piece of shit. Tony Finau stole my life. <laughs> you could have you could have a real excuse 
to ignore your family. <laughs> yeah, I dude. Succeed in the PGA tour. <laughs> Instead of just uh, going to Wildwood with Joe and Dane and Andy. <laughs> also a good time. <laughs> One thing that's not getting a lot of attention on social media from this, but I, I really enjoyed because I related to it. Was mm-hmm. Colin Morikawa's episode talking about the OCD, <laughs> and the one thing that I wanted to talk to you about from that episode was because Lace, Lace and I had a conversation about this when he's in the Adidas mm-hmm. in that meeting command center, mm-hmm. and they're showing him the clothes yeah. that he has or that they scripted for him for a certain event, mm-hmm. and he turned stuff down. How? Let me think of the right way to put this. How much of a dick do you think these guys would be on camera or off camera? You know what I mean? Like, do you think his demeanor is... Because he seems like a nice guy in, in particular. Do you think so? I didn't get that vibe from him. From Colin Morikawa. I didn't get that vibe. Oh, okay. Lay it on me. Well, why Why do you think he's a nice boy? Uh, I guess you've just seen plenty of uh, interviews and stuff. and how he comes Yeah, I mean, you know what? Maybe... Maybe I won't say nice. He seems very um not, not like a dick. Not tactical a dick. and analytical. Well, let me That's, ask you this. Based mm-hmm. on based on what you've seen, what school do you think that guy went to? USC or Stanford? Close. Cal. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Looks Berkeley like kid. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> no, I was like, okay. All right. I I get it, Mr. Particular. Uh, he's got the OCD. I mean, I know people with OCD that aren't dicks, but also he's, he knows he's in a position of power and For it's sure. just like, I'm Adidas. I'm sitting here in your conference room and you're pitching me, uh, clothing and all that stuff. You need me more than I need you kind of thing. For sure. But still not an excuse to, I don't think, he, see, here's the thing. I think he's been a dick for so long. He doesn't know. When he's talking, you. when he's talking down, well, being he was being, in that in that one particular scene, he came across very short with those people, and maybe he's on a time crunch, so you have to just be very matter of fact. Yeah, he was curt. He's like, "This is what you would wear, not me. I'm fucking Colin. All right, you're gonna embarrass me in front of my lady with this bullshit, Colin with he, two L's, two L's, Colin. I got a dog that's flown private more than your whole fucking family." Let's go. I just know dudes like that. I, I I came up with dudes like that, um, and it's just like they're they they're they're like if you're in their circle, if you're buddies with them or they respect you, then it's all good. But if they see that they, there's nothing to gain from you or that you are beneath them in any way, then they can be very the way he came across the way they tried to paint a picture of them in the show. Now I'm not dumb fucking. DM me, threatening to take me down here. I'm just That's taking the, in the narrative. I'm taking the narrative from the episode that they gave me a Colin because I don't know that much about him personally. So that's what I picked up. He's a OCD, anal retentive winner. Uh, but it also was like, it was very interesting because I think in that episode, they were also talking about the mental uh, the, the, the mental strength that these top t- like top 10 guys have. Like they ex their their mental game is just as strong, if not stronger, than their actual physical game, and that's that's what they talked about in the in the Damon episode. He's just like physically, he has the game of a top tier guy, but mentally he doesn't. And then in the Colin Morikawa episode, is just like, oh, he believes that every time he touches a club, it will go the way he wants it to go. Like he can't even believe it doesn't happen when it does. And a lot of those guys do, and that was that was interesting to me. But 
it wasn't something I I was completely oblivious about because in every sport you have those top guys who think that way. Yeah, but like Rory, Rory said all this shit. All and obviously this was the conclusion of the whole season, but Rory said all this shit about Liv. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Phil, which I thought was hilarious. And he's like, yeah. I wonder if that's going to make it in. It's like, Rory, of course, is going to make it in. You saying go fuck yourself, Phil. But Rory's mindset is like, yeah, I'm here to win every tournament all the time. And Joel's like, someone's got to be the 70th best player in the world. That's the best why, quote of the whole Why series. not me? And he just shotguns a cord. like. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And he's like, he's play, he's like. His buddy was like, who goes first at Cornhole? He's like, it's my house, motherfucker. And he throws the <laughs> Yeah, take that dog mentality right there on the golf course, bro. I just, one one other thing I want to hit, and, th- and then we'll take a break real quick, Shane, is yeah. uh, the way they did exposition I just thought was really strange in, in a couple of ways. When they would show, and they probably did this four times with players, and they would show them in their courtesy car, and they were going to whatever event they were playing, and then the camera would zoom in on the radio as if the player was listening to uh, sports radio or a podcast yeah. yep. talking about them specifically at the time they were driving. I thought that was a really weird tactic. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about it until you were talking about it on the golf course. I'm like, eh, it's strangely odd that uh, these guys are hearing about themselves while they're getting driven in. I'm like, what serious XM radio channel is that what pot yeah. is that at the turn i don't hear joe like who are they listening Talk. to right now that's, that's right they're not talking about joel damon uh on on at the turn that much <laughs> last year we will now joel here we are yeah and the other part is they had like two or three golf journalists they had amanda renner who's on cbs dylan dether and then the british gal and they were you know like you said earlier talking about what it's like to make a cut and yeah. you know how you can make money but I thought it was a really weird exposition device where it's clear that these journalists were not coming up with these ideas originally. They were no. just serving them up of things to read and sort of to let the audience know what was going on in the context of the event instead of just having like fucking Jim Nance or David Faraday narrate the whole thing. The whole thing. That would have been – that. I think that would have been a better move. Uh, but again, I think you're only catching that, and that's only something that you kind of uh, – you know, have a bone to pick with them about per se, because you, you watch golf, you consume a lot of golf. So, I mean, it's already like visually, it it already seems off uh, with, you know, instead of having just one narrative the whole time. Uh, but these are people, you know, like I said, Netflix is like, Hey, you ever heard of golf? It's still happening. Check well, that's the out. thing. I, I think that the person who is a golfer, who's not like a golf sicko, yeah. They use that term. I think they know a lot more about golf than this show gives them credit for. I think yeah. the person who golfs four times a year still knows quite a lot about golf. They've watched the Masters. They go out. They know how to rake a bunker. They know how to do the basic stuff. So I just thought yeah. a lot of that stuff was who is it for sort of thing. It sounds like I'm complaining a lot about the show. I love the show. I give it yeah. a 9 out of 10. It's just at a certain point, you're going to start picking it apart a little bit. It was a very intro to golf. And what's currently going on in golf right now. I would like to see if they did do like a season two kind of thing, which I doubt. It seems like this is going to be like a one and done thing. That's when they maybe graduate to like a more intermediate level or maybe just like a hardcore golf head kind of thing. Also, I heard if you, LPGA as, as a suggestion, which I would love. Go all in. Let's go. You know, uh, let's see Liv try to do their version of it. It's probably going to be on Tubi or some shit like that. But uh, I, <laughs> I think... L- it- I, I still think Shane wouldn't wouldn't you watch an LPGA version of this? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, I would too. 
Because I I'm, think you'd learn a lot too about a, a tour you don't know that much about. I will dig, I will watch most most sports documentaries. Like I didn't know shit about I don't I don't know shit about tennis. I got one buddy who's really into tennis, and I and when they dropped that tennis documentary, probably just a month or two prior, I sat there and just ate it all up. Like, am I gonna go follow it now? Probably not, but it's just like it was entertaining to say the least. Like, see, I just watched that two minute clip of Rafa intimidating the shit out of that guy in the tunnel. Yeah, I watched great. it and I was like, oh my God. And I showed it to Lace and she's like, oh my God. I've never yeah. seen someone win a tennis match in a tunnel like that before. It was amazing. Yeah, he won that shit. It was beast mode. I, I took that with me to the next like show I was doing where I'd like be waiting in the green room, waiting to go just, up. And whatever comic was going on before me, I'd just start stretching and bouncing up and down in front of that dude, man. Getting you off your game, baby. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break, Shane. Then we're going to come back. Or we're going to finish. Okay. We'll be okay? right back. Well, yep. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Whether you're driving, cooking, or doing laundry, Progressive knows the podcasts you listen to go best when they're bundled with another activity. Much like how their Progressive home and auto policies go best when they're bundled. Having these two policies together makes taking care of your insurance easier and could help you save too. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save over $775 on average. That's a whole lot of savings and protection for your favorite podcast listening activities, like going on a road trip, cooking dinner, and even hitting the home gym. Yep, your home and your car are even easier to protect when you bundle your insurance together. Find your perfect combo. Get a home and car insurance quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $779 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Not available in all states. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Shane, I'm going to ask you a television question again. 55 inches. Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> makes shows yeah to get subscribers yep. they make shows to get people to subscribe to netflix that don't already subscribe to netflix isn't that ostensibly the reason these streaming services create content yes that's fair to say 100 percent. so netflix thinks 
that they were going to get people because of this golf series to subscribe to Netflix. Is that the conceit around making a show in general for a streaming service? Or is it to mm. bolster the content library? It's to bolster the it's to bolster the content library for the most part. This show Netflix serves as the platform. Okay? But this idea was come up with by whoever, probably with the help from the guys who did the F1 thing. They're like, hey, it was successful with race cars. Maybe we can do other sports. They had to go back out and pitch it to whatever production company that signed off on the F1 thing. And they were probably like, hey, we did that show. It was a documentary, fairly cheap, fairly entertaining. Why don't we do it with golf? And it was up to that production house, the network, the financiers to say either yay or nay. We don't need a golf version of this. And so clearly someone said, sure, we'll give it a shot. So even though the financiers and the production company gave it the thumbs up and they went to go start filming while you're doing that, either prior or during the filming of this thing, it's not guaranteed Netflix is going to be the one to house this on the platform, you see. So, okay. of course, they went back to Netflix and were like, hey, would you like to, would you like to buy this? Do you want this? This is the success of the F1. This could be the golf thing. Even though it did go through, I know that sure as shit, they shop that around town to to try to get the highest bidder or to get someone that would give them the most creative uh, freedom. That's usually how it goes. It's like when you're when you're trying to pitch a show, it's you're going for a. You just want someone to buy it, or b. You want to get in a bidding war, you know, so you get more bang for your buck, or c. You'll take not that much money but more creative control. So that's how essentially not just this show, but that's how most television shows get made and end up on, you know, streaming on any platforms that you're watching. And then it just like determining the number of viewers, I guess, is ultimately the metric they're going to use to determine. Because like I saw the other day, this is a different thing, but, you know, David Fincher made Mindhunter, right? And it's like this mm -hmm. really, really popular cult show about serial killers and the dude hunt them down. Two seasons were made, and it's like, yeah, we're never going to make a third season of this because Netflix has decided it didn't attract enough viewers, but there's a huge cult following behind it. So it's like, yeah. it just seems these two things at odds. So you're saying like, all right, if Fincher wanted to go somewhere else and take Mindhunter somewhere else, he could potentially do that, but he doesn't see the value of it. Whereas his golf show, because it's probably a lot easier to make, they may explore a second season. It just sort of depends on scripted versus reality. It's just, it's, dude, it's a whole different thing. It's, it. Dude, we can do another 40 fucking minutes on this. It's the most, it's the most, it's the one thing that I'm professionally very knowledgeable about, but the most frustrated with is just making television. The fact that anything gets made and, and is viewed, whether it's feature or TV is a fucking miracle just mm. with all the hoops that you have to jump through. And you know, I mean, you, you know, I, I've been, I was in development for years on a show that just didn't go. And it's just like it that just happens that way. You ever see uh like it's like uh what are the Oscars, Academy Awards that you'll hear like, oh, this movie is a critical acclaim, a critically acclaimed success. And you're like, I never Darling. even fucking heard about it. yeah. Yeah. That's because like other people in the industry probably got their their they, they saw it and they're like, This is the best thing ever. But regular folks like me and you are like, well, who the fuck is this shit? That's the same way in television. When when you see that one of your favorite shows on a network all of a sudden, well, they won't be coming back. It's like, well, everyone I know 
watches and loves the show. What the fuck is going on? It's it's yeah, that, Southside got canceled today. Southside just got canceled. Yeah, but yeah. I have two buddies who writes for that show, and I just oh. saw on their IG. I found out on their IG stories was like, "Whip, I don't have a job anymore, so holler at your boy. I'll be on traveling and stuff like that." And Southside was a great show for the people yeah. who know, but it's HBO Max apparently didn't it didn't move the needle as much as they would have wanted it to especially because they bought that show back from Comedy Central when Comedy Central basically buried it in the first place. Well, that's kind of my point is it seems like a lot of the decision making is arbitrary because like a show like Southside is kind of a niche comedy mm-hmm. show. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. The people who like it don't just like it. They love it. Kind of like Mindhunter. If you're into yeah. it, you're super into it. There's no casual fans of these sorts of things. Right. And this golf show, I think, is the same way. I think people who like this show, they would watch 10 seasons of it. It's just a 100%. matter of if the desire is there from Netflix and whatever metric they use to determine the success of these things seems largely arbitrary. It doesn't necessarily be like, Oh, well we gained a thousand subscribers and our share price went up. Like there's all these no. arbitrary things that yeah. the general public doesn't really know about. Yeah. That, especially these types of series, they're not there for, uh, to move the needle for a long time at all. Cause Netflix knows that, if you're curious about golf, you'll watch it. If you're into golf, you'll watch it. If you know nothing about golf and you're not interested in it all, the only way you might watch a, a half of one episode is if you're a friends or family member with someone who's into golf and they're like, hey, check this out. But do you think anyone is really going to watch this that has no interest in golf at all, even if you or I tell them, hey, this is a great thing about professional athletes to play golf? They're like, cool. So anyway... No. no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, it's going to no go in gonna one ear and out the other. You have to at least have a cursory yep. excitement about golf to yeah. want to check this out. Shane, let's yes. do something dorky. Let's build doing it the our whole ideal foursome <laughs> from full swing. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So we know who's going to be first in. <sighs> That's right. It's got to be Joel, right? I was going to pick Alex Fitzpatrick. You're gonna he seems Matt like a cool Spitz, dude. Patrick's younger brother, uh, Alex little, Patrick, little bro. Little, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not picking him. All right, so you got first. You, you're picking first. Go ahead. Joey's off the board. I gotta go, Joel. You gotta go, Joel. Joel's off the board. Cool. All right. Fuck. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna go Tony. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then we gotta go Sahith. You have to go, Sahith. I love his swing. Okay. He seems like a nice guy. Super he's, young, 23. He's he's going to be emotionally available. He's going to he's going to talk about his feelings. That's what I look for in a golf partner. <laughs> <laughs> he would take his shirt off with me on the 17th hole of Rosie. Yep. That's why I'm taking yep. to hit the guy. And cry tears of joy. <laughs> why 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 he had yeah, while you held your hand and you guys just broed out. Okay. That's a hit. Okay. Well, okay. I you know what? Oh, shit. Who did I already pick? We just need one more. We're almost there. Tony. All right. Um, fuck it. How about Gino? Yeah. <laughs> Gino, we'll carry the clubs. You get to play today, baby. I love that. Shane, that would be fun. That'd be a fun round. That, yeah, it'd be a fun day. We just go out to Rose City and we can drive the cart and club them. And yeah. Come on, man. We got to take those boys somewhere nicer than that. I'm going to take them to Colwood. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, you've been so generous with your time. We have one more thing to do before you get to leave. That okay. is turn 10 
It's brought to you by Piper Golf. Use promo code TURN10 at checkout. Save 10% at piper.golf. Shane, this is 10 rapid-fire questions that we give to every guest who comes in the pod to Got close it. things up. Do Are it. you ready? Ready. Born ready. Piper 10. Number one. Hole-in-one or lowest round ever? Hole-in-one. Number two. What is the most important putt you've ever made? The first one. Number three, what's the most you've ever paid for a round of golf? If you had to ask, you'd let me know. Number four, what's the most you've ever paid for a pair of shoes? (laughs) Shit. Golf shoes? Okay. Um, Oh, God. Your wife's Pass. not going to listen to this. Don't worry. Word will get back to her. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it, it was. It was in the thousand uh, dollar range. Yeah. Number yeah. five. Okay. What's your favorite on course beverage? Fuck. <laughs> Fucking. Whatever's in my hand, bud. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> What's your favorite club? Sandwich. Number seven. Number seven. What's the best part about being a comedian? All the ass, dude. Number eight. (laughs) What's the worst part about being a comedian? (laughs) All the ass, dude. (laughs) Number nine. Who is your favorite comedian? Joel Damon, dude. <laughs> Number 10, last one. How early should someone arrive to the course before their tea time? Oof. Well, I'm going to say... I'm going to say at least before anyone in your group tees off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the latest. That's the latest. Like if you can, if if you're hauling ass into the parking lot and we see you and we have yet to tee off, but we're on the box, I don't think anyone in that group should give you shit because technically you got there on time. And, and I say, say that this. because you've done that. I I have done that, and unfairly, <clears throat> I think you unfairly have have uh, taken the burden of like being the late guy. You have been the, you have not been the late guy in our group for like at least 2 years. Thank at you. Least. I appreciate. Thank you for seeing You're me. You're one of the early guys now. Thank you for acknowledging me. Yeah, yeah it's because said. because we used to play we used to play at Glenny all the time and you live close right. by, so I expect you to be there all the time. And you guys want to go to Stone Creek. You're t- I live all the way in St. John's. You guys want to go all the way to fucking Seattle, Washington. Like, well, actually, I'm closer to Seattle. And now that we play at Wildwood a lot, it's like it's my, it's my backyard. So now, well, you're you know, a member of the Heron Lakes Golf Club now. For God's sakes, easy, easy. I don't want people knowing where I'm moving around in these streets. They don't know which course, though. Uh, you don't know which one. You got to find me. <laughs> Shane Brendan, co-host yes. of the Asheville Podcast. Please yes. like, subscribe wherever you can. Do you want to plug dates? Plug some dates. We're going to release oh, this on Thursday. Fun. You're going to release it on Thursday. That's tomorrow, yeah. right? Okay. It well, is. just follow me uh, at. Sh- hey, look. If you like comedy, or you like anyone that Joe likes. You know, give me a old follow on the social. Uh, just uh, add Shane Brendan uh, on uh, Instagram. 
Uh, I think my Facebook got hacked today, so don't worry about that. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, well, tonight there's a sold-out show you can't come to. I'm sorry. Uh, but, hey, if there's any listeners in Salem, I'll, I'm, head, I'm co-headlining the Infinity Room on Friday the 24th up in Salem. Uh, so come on out. I think there's a few tickets left for that. Uh, other than that, oh, yeah, also be at Helium Comedy Club uh, Sunday, or this Sunday, the 26th, featuring... Two sold out. Well, not two sold out shows. One show sold out. The second one still has tickets for me. Uh, me and my buddy Steph Tolov. She's great. I'm the featured act. Uh, I know that, is sold out. I was going to ask you about that. You can. You're still. You're good. You're good. Oh, you know. Well, if the snow melts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rain, sleet, or snow. This show has to go. High note comedy. It's happening. Uh, yeah, uh, check out Asheville uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Asheville gmail.com, All that good stuff. Buddy, you're going to come back. Okay. On this at podcast at some point. Okay. Maybe it'll be for full swing season two. Oh, yeah. Maybe for another reason, but I appreciate you sparing your time. I love you very much. I love you too, buddy. Thanks for having me on. And uh I'll see I'll see you I'll, I'll see you out there. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at the turn. is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done